Zahao, and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, for last week's broadcast, I had the privilege of interviewing the Vision for China team's very own missionary, Cannon. He has, over the course of the last few years, learned to speak fluent Mandarin Chinese, adapted to culture, and even come face-to-face with persecution. And now, he and his wife are gearing up to head back to China in the next couple of months to plant a church. And, if all of that isn't exciting enough, I actually had the unique opportunity to interview Cannon in front of a live audience of campers at the Our Generation Missions Camp, which was just a couple of weeks back in Trenton, Georgia. Towards the end of the interview, some of the campers themselves were able to jump in to pick his brain about China. And let me assure you, you're not going to want to miss hearing how he challenged all of us to consider giving our lives to making much of Jesus there in China. If you haven't listened in just yet, stop listening to this episode right now and at least download that one before proceeding because you're not gonna want to miss it. As always, never miss an episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast by going ahead and subscribing on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and so much more. Head on over to visionforchina.org slash podcast. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T for a complete directory of where you can listen in online. Subscribing will set you up to get a notification each Monday morning as new episodes are released. Alternatively, you can find Vision for China on Facebook, where giving us a like will keep you up to date with occasional posts about what our team is up to, as well as what we're talking about here on the podcast. If you're more of the Instagram persuasion type, you can find and follow Vision for China there as well. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a review or comment. The more interaction the podcast gets, the more likely it is to be recommended to others. Help us get the word out that Jesus needs to be made much of there in China. And also, if you're an overachiever and want to go that extra mile, go right ahead and share the broadcast on Facebook or Instagram, or maybe send a personal email to that person you know who is teaching English in China currently, or that person at church considering getting involved in missions. We with Vision for China are asking the Lord to raise up more preachers to go to China with the gospel. In fact, if you listened to last week's interview with Cannon, you heard more information about that. And we want to get the word out that there are opportunities to serve the Lord in this awesome country. Sending someone a quick link to this podcast or sharing with them on social media might just be the first time they've heard that there is actually a way to preach and minister full-time in China. They may have never heard of all the opportunities to make Jesus known through preaching and serving Him there in the Middle Kingdom. So go ahead and share with them. They'll probably thank you for it. 
And by the way, just a quick side note, I am thrilled to announce that just over the course of this last week, the A Thousand Lives broadcast has officially crossed the 1,000 downloads threshold. We praise the Lord for that. A thousand lives, a thousand downloads, and we are excited about how far the Lord has brought this broadcast over the last not quite six months, and we anxiously look forward to see how things are going to progress over the next thousand downloads and beyond. Praise the Lord. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Please share this broadcast with others, and we are excited to see where all of this goes. Well, for this week's broadcast, we are going to jump into yet another story from the life of Griffith John, otherwise known as the Spurgeon of China. Some listening in probably heard us go into the details of his preaching methods and style a few weeks back, and this week we're going to see what other insight into Chinese missions we can glean from his life. Specifically, we're going to talk about how he came to pick Hankou, or as it's called in modern-day China, Wuhan, as his main city, his main base of missions operations for the bulk of his time of ministry there in China. What was it about Wuhan, or as it was called at the time, Hankou, that attracted his eye? At what point in his missions career did he arrive in Wuhan, and why did he set down roots and base the majority of his future ministry operations out of this particular city. What exactly, in his mind at least, made this place so strategic? And along those lines, what wisdom can we today, as people interested in broadcasting the gospel far and wide throughout modern China, glean from his strategy and operations there? Well, we'll dive into all of that and more right after the Chinese region of the week. Our region for this week is the province of Jilin. Jilin is located in northeast China and is home to around 28 million people. This province has about the same number of people as all of the country of Ghana, West Africa, and is in great need of preachers surrendered to taking the gospel to them. Jilin province forms a longer border with the country of North Korea than any other province in China. Jilin is the home to two-thirds of China's ethnic Koreans. They make up about 4% of the population. Jilin is a big manufacturer of automobiles. In fact, its capital city, Changchun, is known as the Detroit of China. Please pray for the people of Jilin province. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The majority of people that live in Jilin province do not know anything about the gospel. Would you pray that laborers would be raised up to take the good news of the gospel to them? Jilin is yet another wonderful place in China with many opportunities to serve the Lord and preach the gospel. Friends, I know I'm parroting myself just about every week, but there really are innumerable opportunities to come to China and preach the message of salvation. There are so many here in Jilin who haven't even heard the name of Jesus, much less that he gave his life for them. Brother, are you praying about serving Christ overseas? Are you considering what he'd have you do with your life? Why not consider giving your life to preaching Jesus in China? Why not devote your life to magnifying him among the people of this massive nation? There are literally dozens of millions of people 
all throughout the various provinces and regions of China that have yet to hear the gospel, and you could be the one to tell them. You could be the one to bring the glad tidings. Would you pray for the people of Jilin? Would you pray for them to hear the gospel and be saved? Would you pray and ask the Lord to send them more laborers who will surrender their lives to give them the gospel? Brother, why not surrender your life? to being that laborer and boldly proclaiming the gospel among them. How, after all, are they going to hear without a preacher to go and preach? Arriving in Shanghai at the age of 23, Griffith John immediately jumped into the study of what he himself called a colossal language. He made it his aim to be able to preach simple gospel messages by the time he hit the six-month mark, and he more or less achieved that goal, preaching in the streets of Shanghai. He had only been in China for around 12 months when he began to travel on itinerant preaching trips with a senior missionary by taking advantage of the network of waterways there at the Yangtze River in and around Shanghai. He shortly thereafter was able to make it to the city of Suzhou where he preached occasionally during these trips. And at this point, he began to dream of going even slightly further inland to the city of Hangzhou, he even began at this time to write letters to a friend back home in England detailing that he was dreaming of one day establishing a Bible college there in Hangzhou and making it the nucleus of his mission board's activity extending into the rest of inland China. It was at this point that he began to come to grips with the need for native evangelists to be trained by him and other missionaries to accomplish the work of evangelizing China. He said that he felt the evangelization of China needed two things. First, native evangelists, and two, more missionaries to train them to do the work of the ministry. He wrote about Hangzhou there I will establish an institution for the teaching of native ministers. The longer I stay in China, the more I am convinced that her people are to be converted by the means of native teachers. What I should like to have is an institution for the education of Christian men who have given some proof of piety and zeal, and to have them under my influence for one or two years, during which period they should go through a course of education similar in character to our colleges at home. Being prepared for the work, I would fix them down here and there through the country and exercise a kind of general superintendence over them, I should like to work for China and not confine my labors to some one particular district. Now keep in mind that at this point in his ministry, he is still only within his first five years or so of his time in China and is still based out of Shanghai while making regular preaching excursions a bit inland. At this point, he's dreaming, he's planning, he's vision casting. He has this idea of starting a Bible college. He has thoughts of doing so in this city called Hangzhou. From his early days, he was strategizing a plan to reach all of China with the gospel. He was searching for a centralized place through which to base the spread of the nationals he dreamed of training to go throughout China preaching the gospel. He again, at a later date, wrote his friend, to carry on our work efficiently in China, we need two things. 
We need a good staff of native agents and a large reinforcement from home. It is a growing conviction among the missionaries here that if China is to be evangelized and converted, it must be through the instrumentality of native evangelists. You see, he realized that the gospel needed to be carried out and proclaimed in China through the means of native evangelists, national Chinese evangelists, preachers, and pastors. But he went on to write that friend in the same letter, Native agents, however, will not do alone. Let them be ever so pious, devoted, and active. They almost invariably lack prudence and method. A foreign teacher is essential to lead and superintend. So here we see that while he knows Chinese preachers and pastors and evangelists are essential for the evangelization of China, he also sees the need for teaching and influence to come through missionaries. He wants more boots on the ground, more missionaries surrendered to come to China to train up these national preachers to go throughout China and preach the gospel. He was at this time set on making his base of all these operations the city of Hangzhou, but it wasn't meant to be. The Lord had other plans. The Lord ended up sending him to another city. He continued to write friends back home in England and would often mention a desire and longing in his heart to preach Jesus in what he called the regions beyond. He was always wanting to push forward and go to the next place to name Christ where he was yet named. As Griffith continued to preach, continued to learn the geography of China, and continued to learn the culture and way of thinking of the Chinese people, Griffith became acutely aware that it would be both strategic and advantageous for him and his mission society to abandon their thoughts of a mission station in Hangzhou, at least for a season, and rather focus their efforts on establishing a mission further up the Yangtze River in a city called Hankou, or what is today known as Wuhan. Finally, on June 21st, 1861, exactly 160 years to the day before the release of this very podcast episode, Griffith John first stepped foot in Hankou to survey the city. Now here is what he had to say about it. In these regions, the beauty and riches of China are most amply displayed, and whether we consider their agricultural resources, their great manufactories, their various productions, their many canals and tributary rivers, these provinces doubtless constitute the best territory of China. Such is the vast territory into which we are introduced, and the immense population with which we are brought into contact by the recent opening up of this great river. But this is not all. With this river at our command, we can, with ease, by means of its numerous affluents, penetrate those provinces which lie south and north of it. And eventually, we shall be able, if necessary, to proceed beyond the confines of China proper into the very heart of Tartary and Tibet. This excerpt that I just read highlights Griffith John's thinking about the strategic location of Hankou, or as we would say today, Wuhan. He is saying that with the Yangtze River and all of its divergent rivers, such as the Han River, Hankou is uniquely situated as a strategic launching pad for the gospel message. 
Griffith isn't blindfolding himself, throwing a dart at a map of China, and then choosing to start the bulk of his ministry there. He isn't flipping a coin or casting lots. This isn't some shot in the dark. He's not even choosing his future base of operations based on what might be most comfortable or easy or expedient. No, he is rather asking the Lord to direct him to a place as soon as it has an established church and ministry that can be used as the epicenter of evangelistic outreach throughout all of China. By the way, we see this in Scripture. We see this modeled for us in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul took the gospel primarily to cities, did he not? In fact, at one point, he even referred to Philippi as a chief city there in Acts chapter 16. That alone gives us a glimpse into how Paul thought through where to take the gospel next. Obviously, this doesn't mean that Griffith John or the Apostle Paul didn't care about small villages and towns. It was actually quite the opposite. We know from Scripture that what Paul did in the city of Ephesus led to all of Asia, or as we would say today, all of Asia Minor or all of the country of Turkey heard the gospel through his ministry there in Ephesus. As later in Griffith's ministry, we see that he sent out preachers that he trained in Wuhan to go out along the rivers to the surrounding villages and areas to preach the gospel as well. The thing to notice here is that Griffith John, like Paul, made cities his base of operations. But not only that, he chose chief cities. He chose strategic cities from which to launch out into the regions beyond. After Griffith's survey in Hankou, he returned to Shanghai, got his family, and quickly brought them there to Hankou, where they lived, ministered, and based their outreach into other areas of China for decades. When they moved in, he set up a chapel and began to preach almost daily for hours each day, as we looked at a few episodes ago. As he gave himself to the frequent and fervent preaching of the Word of God day in and day out, the Lord blessed with converts. There were 11 baptized converts there in Hankou within a year and a half, from which his first church plant in Hankou was constituted and established. From there, he continued the work of evangelistic preaching while also involving the men of the church in that preaching and allowing them to grow in their evangelistic fervor. Some of these men went on to be trained by him to go out along the Yangtze and Han rivers to preach, distribute scripture portions, and establish churches of their own. Don't get me wrong, this didn't happen overnight. This all took years of tireless investment in preaching and the training of these native Chinese preachers. However, over time, the reach of Griffith John's ministry began to spread along the Yangtze in both directions and eventually led to him to begin pioneering works further west along the river in the cities of Chongqing and Chengdu later on in his ministry. Perhaps we'll save the account of the latter part of his ministry growth to these regions beyond Hankou for a future episode. For now, suffice it to say that he was strategic in his choice of place for ministry. He thought things through. He committed it to the Lord in prayer. He sought to follow the biblical examples laid out in Acts and the epistles by the working in a chief city and sending preachers out from that epicenter. 
Brothers, isn't it exciting to hear how the Lord blessed the efforts of Griffith John as he preached and labored tirelessly to train up Chinese men to preach? Isn't it exciting to think of how they traveled up and down the rivers of China preaching from village to village and from town to town? Doesn't it just thrill you to think about a preacher that he trained that might come back to him in Hankou one day to report back with the news that there are now enough converts in such and such a village 50 miles up, 60 miles up the river to constitute a church there? I would be lying to say that it doesn't get me excited. I long for the day when I can be used of the Lord to accomplish similar ministry in China. And I'd imagine that if you are listening into this podcast and have made it this far, odds are it excites you too. Brother... Why not give your life to attempt a similar work in China? Why not surrender your life to making much of Christ by training up Chinese preachers to carry his message far and wide in China? Granted, in modern-day China, things might look a bit different. Griffith did this 160 years ago when rivers were the fast track through China. Today, the way is to go on bullet trains. China is covered with them. I'm talking trains that travel over 125 miles per hour and can get you between cities in an hour that would take three or more hours to travel between by car. Think of the possibilities of sending out preachers on motorcycles rather than sailboats to get the gospel to China's villages and countryside. Think of the possibilities of sending them out on these bullet trains to get the gospel to the next city and the next and the next. Imagine one day one of the preachers you trained returns to you in whichever city you choose as your epicenter of ministry to say that 100 miles away in a village on the side of a mountain where he has been traveling by motorcycle to preach for the last two to three months that In that village, there is a growing number of converts and that he would like for you to come along on his next trip to organize a church with him. Brother, I'm sure you know what the scripture says in Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, Thy God reigns. Would you come to China to preach his good tidings and his peace and his salvation? Oh, that China would have a thousand more Griffith Johns who would surrender their lives to strategically thinking through how to most effectively reach China with the gospel. Oh, that the Lord would bless with dozens upon dozens of men who would say, I'll go to Wuhan, I'll go to Guangzhou, I'll go to Beijing, I'll go to Shanghai, and I'll labor away to establish a church to train up preachers and to send them out throughout China to exalt the name that is above all names. Brother, that could be you. You could come to China You could give your life to preaching Jesus in China. You could plant yourself in one of China's metropolises and spend your days making much of Him. Why don't you? Why not commit your life to making the grace of Christ known in China? Again, brothers, opportunities abound to preach Jesus and serve Him in China. I beg you to consider China. I plead with you to pray and ask the Lord what He would have you do for Him in China. We with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team have identified some 120 cities throughout China that have populations of at least 1 million people each. Yes, you heard that right, brother. 
one million people each, one million per city. Think of the multitudes you could preach the gospel to. Think of the men that the Lord might give you to train up to carry on the work in that city as well as in the surrounding regions. Think of how you could send them out regularly on bullet trains to other places to establish works and churches of their own. If you want to take that next step toward China, and learn how to continue on a path toward full-time ministry there, reach out to us with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com, I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M, or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org. That's A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the next steps you can take towards preaching Jesus in China, whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. We'd love to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China. Friends, Griffith John had a desire to strategically place himself where the Lord could allow his ministry to extend out over the greatest area. He felt that that place was Hankou, a Toucheng, or a chief city. Toucheng. Toucheng is the term the Chinese Bible uses in Acts 16 to refer to Philippi, the chief city of Macedonia. Brother, as I mentioned just a bit ago, there are dozens of Toucheng in China today. In fact, if we only consider cities of a million or more people to be Toucheng, then China has 120 of them. These cities need men who, like the Apostle Paul and like Griffith John, will take time to faithfully preach the gospel and train up more preachers in them so that the gospel can be sent out far and wide from them. Will you give your life to taking the gospel message to one of the Toucheng of China? If not you, then who? Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode for, Lord willing, another missionary interview. It was a blast interviewing Canon last week, and I'm trying to lock in another interview for this upcoming week. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the A Thousand Lives broadcast so that you won't miss out on other exciting stories and interviews all centered on preaching Christ in China. Please remember to pray for the province of Jilin this week. The people there need preachers who will come to the Toucheng of China and preach Christ. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary of China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A.org. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, 再见!